even tortured for your faith. I found that there's persecution happening to the Christian minorities. As a Muslim young man, make me wonder why. Through my best friend Tamir, I converted from Islam to Christianity. I started underground organization and I was tortured for seven days. Next day, they crucified me and he came and he said, if you didn't tell us the name of your friends, we were really three dogs to attack you. So you literally experienced the supernatural protection of the Lord. But how did you escape? That's a little bit of crazy. That's been happening in Canada. Politically correctness, it is the cancer in our Canadian society. But if we remain quiet and silent about what's happening here, yeah. it will end in the same degree. It will end much worse. History will not remember the words of our enemy, but will remember the silence of our friend. The silence of our friend. everyone, my name is Faithine and welcome to the show. I'm really looking forward to diving into today's topic with you. It's a biggie for Canada and we have a fantastic guest with us today. The topic that we want to hash out on today's show is that of religious freedom and freedom of conscience. Did you know that 70% of Canadians actually profess a religious faith and that the majority of those who profess a faith profess a faith in Jesus? Yes, Christians are still the majority in our nation, believe it or not. Did you also know that freedom of religion and freedom of conscience is a protected right in Canada? And as a matter of fact, Section 2 of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms lists freedom of conscience, religion, thought, belief, opinion, expression, media, communication, peaceful assembly, and freedom of association, all as fundamental Canadian freedoms. And you know, that's awesome. What a beautiful protection. This has allowed us to flourish as a thriving democracy, and it's also meant that Canada has become a safe haven for so many from nations where these types of freedoms are simply not protected. So are you feeling good about being Canadian right about now? I know I love being Canadian. Well, the alarming thing is that in spite of what I just explained, freedom of conscience, which is often guided by freedom of religion, has been increasingly under fire in Canada in the last few years. You know, a few months ago, I actually posted something about this on my Facebook wall, and I was basically told that I was a nutcake, and that there was no way that people of faith, particularly Christians, were being persecuted in Canada. You know, I actually appreciated the challenge. I believe that the challenge was coming from a pure heart. The person actually believed what they were 
were saying. But it also revealed to me something that I think might be true for many Canadians, and that's that some of us simply don't know what's been happening. So today we hope to shed some light on all of this through this show and we have someone to talk with who has experienced religious persecution personally in a major way. Reverend Majido Shafi is with me today. He is the founder and director of One Free World International. He actually immigrated to Canada because of religious persecution that he personally experienced in Egypt. And he's now a champion fighting against this type of persecution globally and right here in Canada. Not only is he one of our heroes, but he's definitely one of our dearest friends as well. I can't wait to introduce you to him. So let's get to it. Today in our world, there is one persecuted Christian every three minutes worldwide. Just last year, over 100 Southern Christians killed for their faith. 160 Southern Christians killed for their faith. Between 200 to 300 million persecuted Christians worldwide. And yet we don't know anything about them yet. I am one of them. I used to be one of them. I converted from Islam to Christianity in the age of 18. I was arrested by the Egyptian authority. I was tortured for seven days from hanging me upside down to shave the hair of my head and put me in a hot, cold and hot water to crucify me for two days and a half and put salt and lemon in my open wounds. But it was in this cell where they tortured me. I refused to hate and I chose to love even my enemy. It was in this cell that I refused to take a revenge and I choose to forgive. It was in this cell that I choose, I refused to worship death and I choose to worship the God of life. Today, today when we're celebrating Canada Day, you have to understand, for you maybe are born here, maybe you don't understand really what Canada means. For me, Canada was the temple of human rights, was my ark. I came here as a refugee 15 years ago. And I love every dust, every cell of this land, of this nation. Doesn't matter who you are, you have to understand, you have to be proud that you are Canadian. Have a seat, Majed. It is such an honor and a joy to have you here with us today. You really are one of our heroes, Majed, and we just want to say that right off the top before you can say anything else and dispute it. Uh, but, you know, you've been through things, honestly, that most of us, you know, that are watching this uh, uh, show right now really have no clue about, right? You've been tortured for your faith. You've experienced massive persecution. And I was just wondering for a minute if you could just share with us, you know, a little bit more about that. What exactly happened to you? What, what was it like living in a nation where you were so intensely persecuted for your faith? Well, first of all, to be on your show is a, is a true honor, and uh, you are also one of my heroes, and I'm very thankful to you and to your friendship mm. that have been years and years with us. Um, I grew up in Egypt, in Cairo, from wonderful Muslim family back home in Egypt. Most of my family worked in the legal career. What I mean worked in the legal career, my uncle was a judge in the Egyptian Supreme Court, my father is a lawyer, my brother is a lawyer. 
When you're born from family like this, you found huge big library in your bedroom full of books about law, human rights, and justice. Mm -hmm. I believed in every and each one of these books. But the truth, like when, when I finished my high school and I went to join the law school in Alexandria, I found that there is persecution happening to the Christian minorities mm. in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And as a Muslim young man, make me wonder why. Because mm. you don't persecute somebody unless you are scared from the truth that they carry. Wow. An example, I, stay, uh, I live in downtown Toronto. You know, every Saturday, Jehovah Witness used to come knock on my door every day. They used to. They stopped. I don't know why. And, uh, you didn't I, give them enough food. <laughs> no, I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't yell at them. I didn't scream at them because uh, they don't scare me. Right. Uh, the opposite, I always smile in their face. Uh, I tell them, come in. Mm -hmm. And once they come in, I lock the door. They can't leave, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh, uh, but, but the bottom line here is, <clears throat> you don't they don't persecute us. They persecute Christ in us. Mm. Mm. Uh, in the age of 18, through my best friend Tamara, I converted from Islam to Christianity. Uh, um, I started underground organization. Uh, one of the main verses that immediately turned me to Christian was when they brought a lady to commit adultery, throw her in front of the Lord and told him, if you are really son of God, judge her according to the law of Moses, which is stoning to death. Hmm. And the Lord looked at all of them and told them, who without sin cast the first stone? Mm. If you think about it, the only one who can really cast her the first stone is Christ himself, because he's the only one who has no sin. Amen. But he didn't. He looked at her. He told her, go sin no more. I forgive you. I came to the Lord, and I started underground organization. We grew and up. And you, you saw like 24,000 people get saved. Is that right? That's correct. Oh, That's wow. correct. In two years' time. In two years? Uh, and so that got the attention of the Egyptian government, obviously. Absolutely. And that's where the persecution started. Okay. So I was arrested in August 15, 1998. Okay. I was what taken into the underground prison in Egypt. And I was tortured for seven days. Uh, the officers that they're torturing you, huh. uh, they're always wearing a mask so you cannot see their faces. You cannot see their names. Uh, first day, they, they shaved the hair of my head. They dipped my head in cold and hot water. Wow. Second day, they hanged me upside down. Uh, by the third day, the officer came. It was officer number 27. I will never forget his number. Huh. And he came and he said, if you didn't tell us the name of your friends, we were really three dogs to attack you. Oh, wow. And I, 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 I told him, I'm not releasing the name of my friends. I'm okay. not releasing the name of my team. And they released the three dogs, and the three dogs sitting around me, none of them attacked. Wow. And, and <laughs> That's the officer, like a modern-day story of Daniel and the lion's den. Well, he's the that same God crazy. yesterday, he's the same God today, and I he's read the that same somewhere. God tomorrow. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, That's true. The officer said maybe they're sick. They got another set of three dogs. They sit down in the same position with a little different. The middle one took a step forward and he licked my face. Oh my gosh. The officers. He gave you a kiss, the dog. <laughs> the, 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 the officers and the soldiers received the same message that I received. Wow. That maybe I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. Wow. Uh, next, day, next day, they crucified me uh, naked on, on the cross. Like they tied my hand, my neck, my waist. Mm. They made a cut in the back of my left shoulder to the bones and, and they put salt on them. And you still have the limon. scars, don't you? Uh, absolutely. I don't sure. call it a scar anymore. It's a medal of honor. Medal of honor. It's an absolutely medal of honor. Wow. Uh, and that was my torture experience back wow. home in Egypt. So, uh, sorry to interrupt, but so you literally experienced the supernatural protection 
of the Lord. Um, but how did you escape? You know, so here you're in prison. They're torturing you. They're crucifying you upside down. They're setting ravenous dogs against you. How did, how did you escape? Three months I was in the hospital after my torture experience. Uh, they didn't want to kill me immediately because if they killed me immediately, they would make out of me a, mer a murder, right. a hero. Right, okay. So they called me mentally ill, which many people will agree. <laughs> yeah, and I've been called the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I was put in house arrest for uh, 11 months, and I was able to escape. I escaped from my home arrest to Alexandria, from Alexandria to Sinai. Huh. That's when I decided that I would escape to Israel because it's the only free country wow. in, in the Middle East. Wow. And I was able to steal a jet ski, hmm. and I crossed the border from Taba to Elat. Many people here are looking at us right now. So you went through the Mediterranean. I went through the on a jet ski between the Egyptians and the Israeli military boats. <laughs> but You're like a James Bond for Jesus. Many people say would say, but stealing a jet ski that's unholy is a sin, and so on. I stole the jet ski. Sue me. I don't care. So I, <laughs> that's the bottom line. <laughs> and now you have the best lawyers on your side. So absolutely, you <laughs> absolutely. Wow, so, what a story. Uh, so, um, I, I came here to, through the United Nations and Amnesty International. And when you say here, you mean mm. Canada. Canada, yes. So you immigrated to Canada as a refugee, and you got entrance probably because of your religious persecution. I'm sure that that Absolutely. <laughs> helped Absolutely. with the application, Absolutely. right? And, Absolutely. Um, let me ask you this question. We're going we're gonna to throw out a clip here in a second where you're sharing some more about religious persecution right here in Canada. But, you know, so many people, you know, if, you were, if, if they were to come to Canada after experiencing what you'd experienced, would just say, you know, I don't want to even think about that season of my life anymore. And yet you came to Canada, and not only are you still thinking about that season, but you actually started a human rights organization to rush right back into the midst of religious persecution and fight for those. So, you know, what is it that motivated you to start One Free World International, just like in a minute, if you could share? I used to be one of them. Every morning when I wake up and I see my scars on my body, I used to be one of them. I am one of them. And faith without action is a dead faith. Mm. And to remain silent in injustice, in the absence of light, darkness prevail. Mm. So I can ensure you that history would not remember the words of our enemy, but will remember the silence of our friends. Mm. And that's why we have to speak up. Wow. That's amazing, Majed. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you so much for what you do. We're going to talk with you some more. But, you know, at the opening of the show, I talked about how religious persecution is not only something that's happening globally, but we're actually seeing some pretty alarming trends right here in Canada. And so right now, we're actually going to go to a clip where you're sharing with us. You were actually at the Cry Kingston, and you actually gave us a warning about persecution coming to Canada. And then we're also going to watch another clip with our dear friend, Member of Parliament, Mark Warwa. And, uh, you know, you were a part of the team. That that we took to Parliament a couple years ago to talk to our leaders about religious persecution in Canada. And so there were some important points that were made during that interview with Mark Warwa. And so we're going to go to that clip right now, and then we'll be right back to hear more from Reverend Majid Al-Shafi. Persecution is not far away from this land. You would be naive to believe that there is no persecution can come to this land. Persecution is coming to Canada more than you ever think. And I'm telling you from here that politically correctness is the very cancer in our Canadian fabric. But we have to understand it's not about who's sitting down in this parliament or who's the prime minister. It's about that we are the accountability of this land and we will always stand for guard for thee. Doesn't matter what political party, 
doesn't matter which affiliation. We will love them all and we pray for our country. We pray for our prime minister. But at the same time, the minute that they think that they can destroy our land, they will have to go through us first. And that's Canada, and that's Canadians. Mr. Speaker, this morning at a press conference on Parliament Hill, Canadians from all walks of life called on the government to protect religious freedoms in Canada. Canada is recognized as a country that advocates for human rights and religious freedoms internationally. Canada's excellent international reputation is due to our government's strong stand on human rights and the outstanding work of Canada's ambassador for religious freedoms. We also need to focus on the religious freedoms in Canada to protect the charter rights of all Canadians. Religious freedoms are integral to the fabric of the Canadian identity. It's at the core of who we are as a tolerant and pluralistic society. It's central to our culture, our history, and has shaped us as a nation. Mr. Speaker, recent intolerant attacks on religious freedoms in Canada are being condemned. I call on all members of this House to commit themselves to protect our religious freedoms. Hi, MP Mark Warwa with another exciting MP Minute. Here we are in the parliamentary buildings, just be in front of the Library of Parliament. And I have three leaders, um, uh, religious leaders, that have made a presentation earlier today uh, expressing a, a sincere concern about attacks on religious freedoms that we're experiencing here in Canada. As, as we know, Canada is one of those countries that really has a strong track record of standing up for religious freedoms. And I'm um, so uh, really surprised uh, and shocked to hear that there is concerns about religious freedoms being attacked here in Canada. Well, across Canada, we're seeing many uh, subtle attacks and some not-so-subtle attacks on religious freedom, especially on the Christian community across the country. Canada is, as you've said, a, a, a standard bearer for religious freedom around the world but it's time for it to start also looking in its own home. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. once said that a threat to injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And we're beginning to see threats to justice, to, to religious freedom here in Canada, and we want to say something before it's too late. Well, we have a Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada that guarantees that religious freedoms are being protected. And uh, what are some of the examples in Canada where religious freedoms are under attack? Well, uh, one example would be from your own writing, where Trinity Western University is being uh, treated differently than other universities simply because it's an evangelical Christian university. Law societies across the country in three different provinces have decided to ban students from that university from ever practicing law in their provinces simply because they come from an evangelical Christian university. Likewise, some colleges of physicians and surgeons have, have uh, indicated that they want to force uh, physicians to act contrary to their own consciences by doing things they find to be immoral. For example, uh, referring for abortion. So uh, there was the Trinity case, uh, and I've spoken as uh, in the House of Commons, as many others have also, uh, very concerned about what's happening. But Supreme Court of Nova Scotia clearly ruled, uh, Justice Campbell said, yeah, that should not have happened. Um, and uh, now I'm, I'm shocked that um, the Law Society has appealed that decision when it was so clear that the Charter of Rights and Freedoms protects Canadians. A Canadian should be able to practice law if they meet uh, all the credentials, and you're a lawyer, is that right? That's right. Yeah, and so you should be able to practice law and not 
be prohibited from practicing law because of your faith, providing you have the qualifications, and you do. So uh, how can this be happening in Canada, and, and uh, what uh, what should the government do? Well, uh, it's it's uh, you're right that Trinity Western has the law on its side, and that's why Justice Campbell ruled the way he did. Uh, so I think that Trinity Western should win at the Court of Appeal, and if it needs to go to the Supreme Court, they should win there too. Uh, just last week, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled that uh, secularism does not mean that we silence other religious expressions, rather we embrace religious difference. And, uh, and so we need uh, a statement from this government, we need this government to uh, stand up for religious freedom across the country. Um, some levels of government are worse offenders than others, uh, but the federal government, I think, can take the lead, show the initiative, show the leadership by saying we value uh, religious freedom. Uh, democracy cannot function without robust protection of religious freedom. Wow. That's a little bit of crazy that's been happening in Canada. I actually want to share a couple other examples, uh, you know, for our viewers and just to put it out there. And then let's just talk about this in the last few minutes that we have remaining. So in Canada in the last few years, you know, we've seen uh, doctors that have been pressured, you know, against their conscience to participate in abortion, also assisted, physician-assisted suicide. We've seen uh, lawyers being told that they can't practice law in certain provinces just because they come from a Christian school, as Andre talked about. We've actually seen recently a member of parliament told that they could not hold a certain position of leadership in parliament because they were pro-life and their pro-life views and of course in the last federal election we also saw that certain political parties were saying that you can't even run for the party if you have a pro-life viewpoint even if it's the dominant viewpoint of your constituents who elect you that is just nut bark to me, okay? Um, and then, one thing that's really alarming I heard recently is that children, there are actually cases of children who have been taken from Christian homes already in Canada because uh, parents are refusing to celebrate alternative uh, sexual orientation choices, you know? And so, you know, there's some very real stuff that's happening right here in Canada right now. And my question to you, Majed, is as somebody who has come from another nation for the purpose of religious freedom, you know, how does this make you feel? What do you think about, about some of the things that you've seen happening here as a human rights activist even right here in Canada? First, it, it definitely is very uh, alarming and, and it's very disturbing and I don't believe it it's, it's will get better. I think it will get worse especially with the politically correctness principle that we're talking about it and politically correctness it is the cancer in our Canadian society and persecution will use politically correctness has been using politically correctness method in order to persecute the Christians or to discriminate against us but we have to understand what is persecution like many people think that oh this will not happen in Canada so I would just remain quiet and it will go away that's not the right attitude mm. action is the right attitude mm. you have a voice uh, you, you, you have a, a choice to make and persecution is the Lord said if you will follow me you will carry a cross on your shoulder so if you believe that this is only will happen in Pakistan or in Egypt or Sudan or China you are mistaken this will happen here not to the same degrees definitely but if we remain quiet and silent about what's happening here mm -hmm. it will end in the same degree it will end much worse to the level that I had to when I was traveling few years ago I'm going through Air Canada and, and it was Christmas time and 
and the lady she said oh Merry Christmas and after that she said oh sorry we cannot say Merry Christmas anymore it's a happy holiday mm. I told her no it's a Merry Christmas <laughs> you're right so that's how bad it is now and me and you and mm -hmm. the people that listening is the only ones who can stop it. And it's so important, and this is what I love about the work that you do, it's so important not just to stick up for ourselves, but to stick up for other people. You know what I mean? That when we see the Jewish community being bullied and harassed, when we see any community being harassed for uh, principles of conscience that are within the bounds of law, that we should, we should be standing up for one another. And what are some of the things that people can do practically? Obviously, we are a faith-based uh, uh, show here right now, so we can pray, and prayer is powerful. We can't underestimate the power of prayer. But there has to be more that we can do than just pray, right? The Bible says faith without works is dead. And so what what can we do to make a, an impact on this important issue for Canada? First of all, you have an MP, you have a representative in the parliament. Contact your MP, phones, calls, letters. Mm. This is, will be number one. Number two, engage with the media, with the secular media. Mm -hmm. Don't be scared of the world. Mm -hmm. The world is scared of us. Don't be scared of the world. We are here to change the world, not the world to change us. And freedom of conscience, freedom of religious is, is a good thing for everybody. It's one of the reasons that Canada is such an amazing nation, right? So it's a good thing, not just for people of faith, but for all of us, if these rights and freedoms are defended. So Absolutely. We're especially, on the same team there. Especially if you speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. Don't ever forget the love and the grace, even when you are in a conflict with the other side. Because the very thing that the enemy doesn't have and the weapon that the enemy doesn't have is love and grace. Mm. So don't ever drop your, the weapon that God gave you mm -hmm. and your ability to love even your worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Wow. So insightful. Majed, I feel like we could talk for hours. We're definitely going to have you back uh, to talk about this important issue and other issues. Thank you so much for what you do. And I just want to encourage all of you out there who are watching this program to get informed. You know, share this program today on social media, on your Facebook, groups and on your walls and also connect with us on social media as well because there is so much to talk about on this topic let's take action you know let's email our members of parliament our MPPs our MLAs on these important define these are defining days and this is a defining issue that will affect not only our generation but future generations and let's continue to be a voice speaking the truth in love Majed thank you so much for being here just want to say to everyone out there God bless you and God bless Canada. I am at the Parliament of Canada with one of our friends and heroes, Member of Parliament David Anderson. Now you've been a Member of Parliament for 17 years? I have. That's a while. I started uh, really looking into the religious freedom issues in 2010. Uh, there was nobody in the house that was actually dealing with it at the time. I remember that. In 2010, I thought, there's got to be another area here where I can really try to, to uh -huh. take a look at these faith issues. I had um, met Shabazz Bhatti uh, in Canada here about three weeks before he was assassinated in 2000, early wow. 2011. Wow. And that was really a kind of a changing event in my life. I thought if now for those who might not know, courage, who yeah, he was the only uh, Christian member of the Pakistani cabinet. Right. He had come to Canada. He was under threat of death because he had spoken out against the blasphemy laws in Pakistan. Wow. Uh, he made the statement, if I don't go back, there's no one there to speak for the Christian community and the government. Wow. He went back to Pakistan. Three weeks later, he was assassinated in wow. his mother's driveway. So, I mean, from my perspective, Intense. I thought if people will pay this kind of price 
to go back to their home country. Isn't there something that we can do from here to actually work with them and to try to, try to help them on this system? 75% of the people in this world live mm -hmm. in, in situations where they're under pressure because of religious differences and, and discrimination. So wow, 75%? We, we, yeah, we need to be well informed about that. And so that's one of the parts. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. You know, this show is brought to you by generous Canadians just like you who care, who care about the issues that we're talking about on these shows. And so I want to invite you to help us, to help us continue to bring these shows to you on a weekly basis and bring this whole message from glory to glory. So you can be a part of making this happen by signing up to partner with us on a monthly basis. It's actually our monthly partners that keep us at it. You can sign up to partner by going to our website at V, that's V for victory, dash KOL.com. Or you can also go there and just make a one-time donation, and that would be a tremendous help. Thank you so much for your consideration in helping us keep this message and this movement strong. When you partner with us, not only are you partnering with a television show that is talking to Canadians about important issues from a faith perspective, but you are also partnering with prayer initiatives, spirit-filled equipping events, outreaches to the poor, rescuing women from the sex trade, and child sponsorship of children in several third world nations. Thank you so much for your support. It really makes a difference.